Welcome to Most Popular. Today, I'm very excited. We are talking about women in leadership roles with my guest, Tracy Hall. So Tracy is currently a county commissioner for Kalamazoo County District 3, but she's also running for Michigan State Representative for District 60. It's the 60th District State House for the state of Michigan. Um, I wanted to do an episode that talked about women running for office for a couple of reasons. First, most of you are aware, we saw a record number of women elected to national congressional seats in 2018. Um, but second, there is a real media trend and infatuation happening with women, especially women of color and um, LGBT folks in political office. And I feel like there's some stuff that we can break down there. Um, and there's a lot. There's so much more work we can do to elevate women, women of color, LGBT people to the center of political office. So I wanted to highlight as many of those stories as possible. Uh, last year, I edited a collection of research for a book called The Politics of Gender. And when I proposed the book, I had some idea of how gender was situated in politics. I wrote the proposal like literally two seconds after the 2016 election ended as my own way to try and make sense of what had gone on. Um, and as I started gathering people to contribute, I started to see how big the gender gap is in politics. But silver lining, 2016 was also the year that my guest assumed her county commission seat. So my guest, Tracy Hall, she is a proud progressive Democrat. She's been a college educator for only for over 15 years, not only 15 years, for over 15 years, teaching political science and sociology and gender and women's studies courses. She is currently serving her second term on the county, Kalamazoo County Board of Commissioners, and she serves on many Kalamazoo County advisory boards, including the Kalamazoo Public Housing Commission, Kalamazoo Area Transportation Study, and Discover Kalamazoo, as well as community boards, including the 60th District Service Office, CARES Outfront, and the YWCA Nominating Committee. Um, she currently lives in Oakwood in Kalamazoo with her dogs. So I want to say welcome, Tracy. Welcome to Most Popular. Thanks for having me, Adrian. This is fun. Um, I feel like we should point out to people that Kalamazoo is a real name of a real place. It's a real name. <laughs> it's, I happen to think that I live in the greatest city in the greatest state, um, and it's got a fun name, Kalamazoo. You can't beat it. Whenever I tell people that I went to, to we went to Western Michigan together. Um, and whenever I tell people I lived and went to school in a place called Kalamazoo, they always say that's like the most fun name they've ever heard for a town. Yeah, it's a cool name. It's a, it's a cool town with a cool name. So let's talk about your background for a little bit. Um, what got you into public service and why did you end up running for county commission? Oh, um, so I... I was, I've always been um, a unique individual, you know, uh, maybe even kind of weird as a little girl. I loved all things dogs and politics. <laughs> and as, adult, as an adult, I still love all things in politics. I don't know why I had such a fascination as a youngster. I was raised by a single mom who wasn't political at all. She wasn't politically active. I don't really remember her voting until mm -hmm. I think 2008 when uh, for the primary of Clinton and Obama and then later for Obama in the general election. Wow. My grandparents were involved. Um, they voted. They were active um, in service and, and work with their church and different things like that. So I, I suspect I 
some of that came from them. And even as a little girl, I remember reading, just thumbing through the pages of these old newspapers that my grandpa collected, whether it was on the JFK assassination or it was on the moon landing, um, things that came out of the 60s. Um, and I would just sit in their front room and just thumb through it all the time. Like so. And as I got older, uh, in high school, I had, I still had this desire. I thought I'm going to go to law school. I love politics. That seemed like a natural fit to me. And I think my second year in college that summer, I became a page in Lansing, um, which was a really fun experience to, to be able to be down on session floor, be around the state representatives, uh, at the time. Mm -hmm. And then I volunteered on campaigns throughout most of my adult um, life. I thought I was better suited for behind the scenes, the campaign work, um, that kind of stuff. And then in 2012, it's made national news and I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was 2012. Um, we had two uh, state legislators, um, former, uh, well, she's now County, uh, Ingham County Clerk, Barb Byram, and then former County Clerk, well, she might be still the co County Clerk of Oakland, mm -hmm. um, Lisa Brown, both state representatives in the House at the time. They they got in trouble for saying uh, the words vasectomy and vagina. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, they were censured. They weren't allowed to, I think they were censured. I may, might have that wrong though, but they weren't allowed to speak. They weren't called on for like the rest of the day. It made national news. And I remember thinking if they can do that there on this larger scene, I can do something locally. And that was just a couple of years too, that we just passed this um, human rights ordinance uh, on LGBTQ inclusive policies and, mm -hmm. Um, it just had me thinking, if they could do it there, I can do something here. And so in 2013, I ran for the city commission. And at the time, the, the rules, the ordinance read that the top seven got in. And there were 15 of us that ran. I came in eighth. I think I lost by 214 votes. Might have been 241, but either way. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I Initially, I looked at it as, as I lost, but uh, when I reflect on it, I think I did pretty well. I didn't have any name rec recognition. I was in this huge pool of candidates and came really close. The, the person that came in seventh place was a former county commissioner who was running for the city commission. So I felt like, yeah, he had name recognition, and I still almost almost did it. Yeah. Um, and my So my heart was set on running again for the city commission in 2015, and that was the plan. But in February, early February of 2015, my mom unexpectedly passed away. Mm. And she was such a, and still is, a big part of my story and what I do, that there was no way that I would be able to campaign and go door to door and tell that story without getting choked up or emotional. Yeah. Um, so I did what I thought would be the next best thing. I recruit, recruited uh, one of my dear friends to run. Uh, it wasn't just me, another one of our friends, the two of us recruited uh, Erin Knott to run for the city commission. Um, and I ran her campaign and she won. Uh, in fact, there were two women running that year, Erin um, Knott and Shannon Sykes. And we were told over and over and over that only one would get, uh, would get elected. Because at this time too, it gets some context, the Kalamazoo changed the charter and so now they had stagger elections. And so only there were only three seats instead of the full seven when I ran in 2013. Okay. So three seats, two women, and, uh, you know, a few other candidates. And the message 
you know, that was replayed to the Sykes campaign and to our campaign was that just one would win. Um, and election night, that's not what happened. Um, they both won. And in fact, leading up to the election, we, our, our team started to work together and we did, um, uh, get out the votes efforts together, mm-hmm. uh, which I think helped both of us. And so it was a really proud night that Aaron, not only did Aaron win, but Shannon won as well. And then around a little couple months later, my then county commissioner said that he was thinking about running for county clerk. It was important for him um, to have a progressive women, woman, you know, follow. He had been in office for a long time. Yeah. You know, a progressive woman in that seat. Would I be interested? And I thought and thought about it because my heart is in the city. But my then I thought, well, my district is also in the city. And uh, it also, Western Michigan University, which is near and dear to my heart, is in that particular district. And and so I was, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, it. I'm gonna run, and and I did, and now I'm serving my second term. I was uh, I'm the vice chair of the county board, which is a huge. Um, well, I mean, it's meaningful to me to to be voted along by my colleagues as vice chair. Yeah, um, this is amazing. You know, and it also makes me think when you're talking about the two women who uh, eventually ended up winning and who um, decided to, you all decided to work together. That's such like a, like that just fits with how women tend to work together anyway. Like we know that it's stronger if we work together. Like that's part of, I think our power. Um, Yeah. So it makes perfect sense to me that that's how that story ended. Uh, Can you clarify just real quick for anyone who doesn't know what County commission is and what they do? Yeah, so the county commission is the budgetary policy sort of um, statutory statutory board. We our number one role is to oversee uh, uh, our, the budget and the budget process, and then to implement um, policies that um, you know go along with the budget as well. And we have other roles as well, where uh, you know there where there are eleven of us at, in our county are broken up into districts, and so. On one hand, I represent District 3, but on the other hand, I represent, I'm a county commission, so all of uh, Kalamazoo County, you know, those are our residents. Um, So that's our two big things. And so we have, you know, another big role is um, hiring our county administrator, who I have dubbed sort of the the quarterback of the county. Um, Mm -hmm. They do oversee the day-to-day operations the administration, uh, our administrative staff does. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have important uh, departments, you know, we have our housing community service department that that's our public health department. Right. And so mm-hmm. um, that's a, a department that's near and dear to us. And so um, we don't, we have certain lanes that we should stay in. Right. And so we don't go into the day-to-day operations. We, we, we're kind of at the, the 30,000 foot level. Um, and we trust in our administrator to then carry that out through her department uh, heads and uh, as well. Um, count, uh, county government is unique in that we also have countywide offices like the sheriff, the treasurer, the prosecutor, the drain commissioner, uh, the clerk. Um, the They're all independent and autonomous, so we don't have a, a say in what how they run their apartments. Our only say then comes through the budget, so we hold the purse strings, which yields, you know, uh, a great deal of power, power. And I think I, I, I feel like I can speak for all 11 of us that, um, 
it's important for us to be good stewards of the people's money, and, and we take a lot of pride in that yeah. as well. Yeah. So maybe this is a little basic, but you're kind of like a real-life Leslie Nope. Do you watch Parks and Recreation? Have you seen it? Oh, my gosh. It's one of my favorite shows. You, Absolutely. You kind of are. Like, I have... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I, yeah I, it's one of my favorite shows, and Rob Lowe is one of my favorite... He, he's the only man that's ever had my heart since like eighth grade, so middle school. So <laughs> I still watch his stuff. The episode where they all have the flu and he's saying, my body is a microchip. My body is a microchip. That makes me <laughs> laugh every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, with one of the things that got me thinking about talking to you about this was um, a study that I read from Plan International where they looked at girls and women and leadership and uh, one of the things they said was, or I guess maybe maybe to paraphrase what they were saying, is that girls and young women aspire to lead. Um, they mentioned that they have some sort of uh, indication that they, they want to lead. Um, and then something happens uh, where they, they kind of get derailed a little bit. So um, when they started the survey, they said... Uh, 62% of girls feel very confident in their ability to lead and but they also said that they have to be, they have to work harder than men the girls know they're going to have to work harder to men harder than men and 94% of them um thought that they wouldn't be treated equally um in leadership positions so this is on the one hand encouraging that so many girls are interested in leadership um but it also shows the reality of it that there's a lot of inequality um, I'm wondering if we could talk about that a little bit and how gender becomes compounded with other factors like sexuality and race and religion and leadership. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Why, why do you think this happens? Um, wow, gosh. I know it's such it, a it, simple it, question, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And my initial thought went to this meme that I keep thinking, that I keep seeing on social media, you know, about the mediocre white man, man, right? Mm -hmm. Like, have you seen that meme? Mm -mm, I haven't. I'll send it. I'll send it to you because okay. I can't paraphrase it. I'll post um, well it. Enough yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I just heard this study yesterday that. You know, women will only apply for a, a position if they think that they're 100% qualified. Yeah. Where it's common for men who think maybe they're only 60% qualified to still go ahead and do that. And I think a lot of this, I, you know, I think for a lot, a lot of our issues and a lot of things that gender related still goes down to um, socialization. And, it, you know, I think that young girls are, and that maybe that's why we've seen some like that 62% number mm -hmm. higher than maybe we would have seen 15, 20 years ago, or maybe even 10, right? Because I think we're, we're socializing young girls mm -hmm. a little bit differently um, than we were when I was a little girl, perhaps. Um, I told my, I was told, you know, there were certain, you know, men can do this, women can do this, girls can do this, boys can do this. Mm -hmm. Um something as simple as mowing the lawn, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I do think we're getting at that. And I, um, the, the shift in socialization is happening. And the players that we were seeing on the stage impacts that. So, you know, we may not, you know, a little girl may not know what somebody like 
Hillary Clinton or Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris uh, stand for, right? May not be able to contextualize that, but seeing, you know, a four-year-old, five-year-old seeing these women on these big stages gives that impression that this is something that they can do. When mm-hmm. I was younger, we didn't, there weren't that many examples like that. Um, and, you know, I, to that point too, when I, when I think about people of color, like I think about somebody who was growing up when President Obama yeah. was in office. That's what they know, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the norm, except except for that one exception. You know, for us, he's that one exception that we've been able to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do. I think a lot of that goes back to socialization, and I and I think that seeing the images are 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 helpful in that. Um, I also think. There's a lot of truth that, at least it appears, maybe appearance, that women work incredibly hard, or and sometimes harder. Yeah. Um, if you were to ask me about the, the board I was on for 2017 and 2018, the, my first term, there were three of three three women. Um, I would have told you that we're probably nothing against, no disrespect towards my male colleagues, that we were the three hardest workers on the county board. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe that. Um, as well. And, you know, that's just, I think that's just what we see. And it's not just in politics. Do we see this in, in so many different areas? Yeah. When I was in, um, my first year of, of grad school, when I was at Virginia Tech, I remember we were talking about, I don't remember how we got on the topic, but it was a theory class and we were talking about, um, Condoleezza Rice and mm-hmm. some people really came down hard on her, which they should. That you know, from my politics, I feel sure. like they should. Um, but yeah. I remember raising my hand and saying, you know, I get it. I get why we need to critique her, but we also have to keep in mind that there are little girls who are like, like you said, two, three, four years old right now, and they see a African American woman in this mm-hmm. position of leadership, and that that is important too. They don't understand That's her cute. politics. They don't get it. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They just see her. And can say, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's deeper than symbolic, right? It's not symbolism. It's just, it's, it, that's huge. Yeah. 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 To see somebody who maybe you don't agree with them, but Mm-mm. this is someone who has achieved this and how much she had to do to get to that moment. Um, I'm always interested in gender and leadership positions just because I think that it's one of the areas where. Maybe not the only area, but it's one of the areas where real just tried and true old school sexism is just really found a nice place to nest and (laughs) (laughs) dig its heels in and (laughs) and, um, make itself comfortable. Um, Do you see this? Do you see this changing? Do you see? I kind of do. I kind of see... um, the upside to maybe where we're at in the world right now is that a lot of people are saying, you know what? No, this is not how I want things to be. I want to have representation that's more inclusive. Um, do you see that? Do you find any optimism in it? I do. I, 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 I do a lot. And I think it is um, changing. And I think the more women we have in leadership positions, the more some of that sexism gets beat down a little bit. I don't know if it's ever going to go away completely. Um, but when I look, and I, and I also think, again, I think I live in the greatest city, right? And so Kalamazoo is a very special, it's a progressive city. 
It's unique. You have people on campus and off campus who, who do this work to unpack racism and sexism and the other systems of uh, oppression that people are facing on a daily basis. When I look at our county board specifically, last year, our chair, uh, um, she was the first woman of color um, ever uh, appointed mm-hmm. as chair, voted in as chair. Right now, we have uh, a woman chair and a, a me a woman as our vice chair. Our leadership at the, in the county administration, our county administrator is a, uh, is a woman. Her two deputy uh, administrators are both women. Uh, to me, that's that's huge structural change. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully, it leads to further structural change too, right? Because we know we know that there there can still be a lot of issues around diversity and inclusion, um, no matter what the top looks like. And that's some of the stuff that we're committed to right now is breaking down some of those systems of oppression that exist within Kalamazoo County and in not picking on Kalamazoo County. It exists in all 83 counties. Oh, in yeah. Michigan. Oh, and everywhere across yeah. the country. I mean, it's a yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a beast. Like it's it's everywhere. Um, yep. Are you I, are you as optimistic oh. with LGBT um, inclusion? Yeah, I think, you know, again, I have to acknowledge where I live and how lucky I am to yeah. live here. I can I can walk downtown holding my girlfriend's hand if I want to. I can talk about it, and I do talk about it um, on the county board, um, you know, as part of my identity, and I do that intentionally as well, so people get comfortable hearing, you know, the, the LGBTQ acronym or the um, I'm a lesbian or my transgender friends or what have you. So, cause I want people to hear those terms. Yeah. Um, cause I also understand that, that this is the community I, I am a part of. And so I hear these terms all the time. Uh, and it's normal for me where it's not so normal for people who might live in out County may not live in, uh, downtown Kalamazoo. And I think that that said, like, we still have a lot, you know, a lot of improvement to, to make, not just with women in politics, but women of color in politics and the LGBTQ community. We've we've broken some barriers and there's a whole lot more barriers we can we can break as well. I think currently in our state house, um, the LGBT caucus, and I'm I have air quotes, if you will, mm-hmm. I think there are maybe in our state legislature as a whole currently there are three, maybe four. So that's not, uh, that's a pretty small number. Yeah. Um, you know, on our board, you know, I have, you have me and then in the city of Kalamazoo, um, you, it's, it's kind of cool where we have a mayor that is gay, our vice mayor, uh, she's gay as well. And then our state representative happens to be gay. So we have jokingly called us the, the Kalamazoo Pride Caucus. <laughs> but I think, again, that seems like a lot. Yeah. And but that's just how we are in Kalamazoo. And still, we can still break more barriers. That's just here in Kalamazoo. Yeah. You don't, that's unheard of across the state. Yeah. I think maybe a good telling moment for me is how many people I've heard talk about Pete Buttigieg and how few yeah. of them understand or know that he um, is gay. That, like, how that's not even on the radar when they're discussing things that's with really him. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, but I guess on the flip side, and this is where we talk about gender again, um, he can remove himself from that because he can, maybe mm-hmm. passing isn't the right word, um, but he can remove himself from that enough that people don't put it on their radar. Gender is constantly uh, 
being discussed with, you know, is she electable or is she, does her voice sound too shrill or that seems to be. Um, Maybe she smiles more. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the mayor has um, that privilege of being able to pass, right, for a lack of a better word that we both use. And yeah. he can remove that, that, you know, that identity from him. And you would just look at him as a typical straight white male um, that gives him a great deal of privilege. You mm-hmm. can't remove that gender um, from more than half the population, right? Yeah. Um, nor can you remove race if you are yeah. a person of color. Yep. Um, so, you know, I... I, I, I have a great deal of privilege, um, being white, uh, being a white woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm also have a great deal of privilege in many aspects living in a place like Kalamazoo that is so inclusive, yeah. uh, to the LGBT community. It's not, I recognize it's not the same, like even 30 minutes up the road. Exactly. Probably. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I just have two more things. To, to bring up. Um, one is any advice for anyone who's interested in public service? Just do it. It's, yeah. You know, those voices are going to come in. You're going to, it's, it's human nature. And my guess is we all do it regardless of gender, but I think women talk about it more. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have those, self, self, that, those moments of self-doubt. Um, that voice, that's not your voice, right? That just happens to pop in and playing those sneaky tricks. Just do it. It's going to be hard. Um, it, uh, you know, one of the things, you know, I, I ran partly because I wanted to show my students, you know, this is how we get involved. This is one another aspect to do it. And so when they have asked me, has it been hard? Absolutely. It's 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 one of the most challenging uh, things I've ever done. I'm glad that I've done it. Um, it's just, just do it. When those self-doubts creep in, keep pushing forward. Don't ever read the comments. Um, those are, yeah, those are never good. Uh, and I do feel, you know, that's a whole, I'm sure there are plenty of, uh, researchers, researchers across, uh, uh, the world of academia, uh, from professors to grad students who are, you know, they, they, their research work is probably in comment sections of papers mm-hmm. because there's a whole lot of misogyny and sexism and racism, uh, in these, um, forums and, and some when I think about, yeah, so just don't read the comments uh, and just do it. It's hard, but do it. Um, and remember the cause is bigger than the individual. Somebody just told me this yesterday. I'm keeping that, you know, close to my heart. The cause is bigger. There's a book I read a while ago called This is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. And she studied <laughs> online trolling. And it was so fascinating because she sat down and and interviewed, you know, folks that were trolling. And then she coded their behavior and did all sorts of things. But it was a fascinating um, look into why people and and what they get out of trolling people online. Um, The last question. Yeah, the last. Oh, Adrian, can I add one? Of course, of course. About about just do it. I say just do it like it's easy. I, I want to recognize that. I don't think it is. I think our system also, this is something I, I find problematic and gross about our system. It is a very classist system in that it's set up primarily for middle-class working individuals and above mm-hmm. to run. And so if you're a working class, lower working class individual like myself, right, or if you live in poverty, it's really, really difficult to run. And th- these are the voices we need to hear from, right? The, yeah. the, the voices we need on 
the dais, whether that's at the city commissioner or the county commissioner or in the state or house in Congress, wherever. It's those voices, not just the, the same old, same old that we've had yes. forever. And it's um, going through this process as, as uh, running for state representative. Um, I don't know how, I don't know how people do it. Who It's hard to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like not. So I just want to point that out. Like we need to make some, some, some changes because it's not set up for um, people who are working class or who live in poverty to run. And we need to change that. Especially when we know that the majority of people who live in poverty are women. Exactly. I was just going to say that. Sorry. No, and no, no, no. Sorry is also a gendered thing. Um, it is. <laughs> no, it's so true. And, you know, I, as you were thinking about that, I kept thinking, and election day, and election day. We need to make that not a Tuesday or make it, you know, so yes. that early voting is more available. I noticed in 2018 um, that early voting stations in my state in 2016 in my in my area, there was like 20 maybe open between Orange and mm-hmm. a few other counties that were within like 30 minutes of me. And by 2018, it was down to like eight. So. And yeah. That's done, yeah, that's done strategically. Oh, that, totally. That, yeah. Yep. And yeah, and so that is how we keep people from, like you said, how we keep people from having a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I want to ask is a question I'm asking everybody. Uh, who or what do you think deserves to be voted most popular? Who or what? Yeah, who or what do you think should be voted most popular? Well, since my heart is <laughs> politics and dogs, um, and, you know, I would automatically name, you know, my four dogs, but they they get a lot of popularity in my household. So <laughs> I will, this is, you might not want this answer, but I'm going for it. Okay. I think Elizabeth Warren. Okay. Yeah. I think she is super smart, super wonky, and I hope that people really listen to her because she puts the work in with policies. She really does. And she's also a little weird. And I like that. Yeah. I mean, that speaks to my heart. That's who I am. (laughs) I mean, like, so I get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like we overlook the smart kids in class. Right. And I, and I hope that people really seriously listen to some of her ideas. Um, Thank you so much, Tracy. This was so fun. Thank you for doing this. Adrian, thank you. Yeah, this was great. You always have great ideas. I love it. (laughs) Maybe you only hear about the ones that work, and that's why. (laughs) I don't know. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Tracy. Thank you. Take care. Once again, I'd like to thank my guest, Tracy Hall. If you're interested in checking out Tracy's election campaign, you can go to www.electtracyhall.com. You can also find a link to it on my website, which is mostpopularpod.com. I'm also on Instagram at mostpopularthepod, Twitter at mostpopularpod, and Facebook at mostpopular. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, and I'll see you next time.